those of you who don't know me, my name is Manny Thomas. I get to be one of the pastors here in Griffin Station. And today we get to start off into a three-week teaching series, a series of conversations around faith. Because faith, when you talk about it, can mean so many different things to so many different people. And so we want to take some time to clarify what do we actually have faith in. And when it comes to faith, person for person, there's so many varied things about it, like what it actually means to us. For so many people, it can mean so much to them, like it's the very core of who they are, it's so instrumental and influential in their lives. And for many of us, I'd say maybe even possibly the majority of us, there are times in which faith can just seem very shaky. Our faith can seem very loose, our faith can seem even fractured or false to the point that a spiritual journey feels akin to walking a tightrope or a slack line that at any moment we could just stumble and fall. And so when faith feels fragile, what we want to be able to do is have a conversation of what we can do with this. Is that just the way that it's always supposed to be or is there something more that we can come to understand about what God wants to promise us about our faith in Him? And so today and the next two weeks, these conversations are going to be for people who've ever struggled with that. Their faith is still fragile, their faith is maybe even floundering as we speak. If you've never had that problem, uh, then these conversations aren't for you. Uh, you can go take a three-week holiday because you're doing great. But for those of us who ever consider that maybe our faith is not what we want it to be, that maybe we want it to be more secure, maybe we want to be able to understand what God has actually said about trusting in Him, then that's why we're going to be here. Because God promises some things about our faith. He promises some things about our relationship with Him that if we don't know and we can't rest on, that is what creates a fragile and fractured faith. What we want to do is we want to start off the conversation today by talking about what we mean by faith, what we're actually putting our faith in, kind of as a church family, as a church of Jesus Christ here at Piffin Station. And so let me give you this as something of an example of what someone once said about their faith and their relationship with God. In Romans 8, a guy called Paul wrote about his conviction and how confident he was in his faith. In verse 38, he said this. He said, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is what we mean when we talk about faith. And this kind of faith, this confidence, this conviction was not just said to be had for a few, but for all of us that desire to put our trust in God through Jesus Christ, that want to love God and we want to love people. God promises these things so we don't keep have to building our faith on things that are wavering and wobbly. It's that kind of faith that has changed the world over and over and over and over again. It's that kind of faith that changes lives, it changes marriages, it changes family legacies. It's that kind of faith that stands up to persecution and being unpopular. It's that kind of faith that has overthrown tyrants and split seas and called fire down from heaven and forgiven the unforgivable and given care to the unwanted. That's what our faith is, that's what it does. And so if we ever feel like there's a distance to be pointed to between that kind of faith and our kind of faith today, we're going to have some tough conversations. Because if your faith feels fractured, 
and fragile rather than foundational, if it feels false rather than functional, if it feels like a fairy tale rather than being fruitful, then there are things that we need to know. There are promises we need to hear. There are things that we need to do to grow our relationship and put a decent foundation down. So, that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to start at the very beginning talking about foundational faith. What it means, before we start trying to do anything with it, what it means to get started or to go back to something that is actually solid. Where we can say, this is the very foundation of my faith. This is what I'm going to believe. This is what I'm going to build the rest of my life on. There's a guy called Paul who was a church-starting, church-strengthening, church-sending kind of just machine of the first century A.D., And when he was doing what he did, it became very clear that the foundation of his life was this faith in God through Christ. So no matter what he did, what he said, or what he wrote, it was easy to see. And he wrote a bunch of letters to churches, early churches, to help them understand how easy it is to lay a foundation on anything else and everything else other than Jesus. And how it's so more important to put it on the one thing that matters. He wrote a letter to a church in the city of Corinth that we call Corinthians because the Bible is creative. And he wrote, though I think is maybe one of the cleanest, clearest, easiest to understand and most difficult to follow directions when it comes to the solidity of your faith. In 1 Corinthians 3.11, he said, For no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. No one can lay any other foundation. No one can rest their faith on anything other than Jesus Christ. And what this tells us, the fact that Paul had to write that, and in the context he wrote it, was that people were finding it so easy to be distracted, so easy to be taught other things, so easy to want to make anything else other than Jesus the foundation of their beliefs. And we are not so different from the early church. There are so many other things that get put in front of us. Like if you just believe in this, this is how you can measure your faith. Or this is how God will show you that he loves you. In things other than Jesus. And what happens is we start to embrace these things as the norm. You know, you might have been in this place before where as long as I'm just looking like a Christian, that must mean I'm doing okay. That's a sign of solid faith. Or maybe if I just get gooder, like I just maybe read my Bible more, serve more, give more, then I'm going to earn myself into a place of good relationship with God. Or just even quite simply, if I look, if I'm wealthy and healthy and wise, surely, surely this is a sign that my faith is rock solid, probably better than most. Now, those things, those things are not bad things. It's not bad to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. It's not bad to do things out of your love for God. What Paul is saying is it's just a bad idea to measure your faith by them. It's a bad idea to measure the solidity and the firmness of God's commitment to you by those things. And so he comes in and he smashes them to pieces. And says, so, look, you can have no other foundation. You can have no other thing to measure your relationship with God on other than Jesus. The fact that Jesus was given so he would live for you. The fact that he was given so he could die to pay a penalty for you. The fact that he was raised to life show you the commitment God had to reconciling us and him. What Paul is saying is that only Jesus matters when it comes to a firm faith. And so when we talk about things like in the church circles of growing your faith or maturity or or fruit, what Paul is saying is actually any of those things will only come from more of Jesus. 
More of Jesus at the base. More of Jesus at the foundation. A deeper, a wider, a denser foundation that won't be ripped out from underneath you. In fact, Jesus himself made sure that we understood this as clear as possible. He gave some advice to would-be engineers and architects of the day to help people understand what it's like to build and what it's like to build faith. In Matthew chapter 7, he said, look, anyone, anyone who listens to my teaching, anyone who listens to Jesus' teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise, and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone, anyone who hears my teaching, who hears Jesus' teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. When Jesus had finished saying all of these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught with real authority, very much unlike the teachers of religious law. Now what Paul was saying, what Jesus is teaching here, is there are two ways for you to build your faith, two things to build it upon. There's a right way and there's a wrong way. The right way concerns itself with listening to what Jesus has to say and following to wanting nothing more than to be shown by Jesus your value, your identity, and your purpose. And following. The other way is to hear what Jesus has to say and ignore. To hear what Jesus has to say about you, about him, about God, and to ignore it. Maybe you take a piece here and a piece there, a brick there, a cornerstone there, but it's not the base. And so no matter what you do from that point forward, no matter how beautiful and how expertly and how nice and how seemingly put together the life is, it is never going to be resting on the one thing that is immovable, the one thing that's unshakable, the one thing that can't be touched. That kind of life, no matter how pretty it might look like today, is still just resting on silt. It's, it's resting on mush, it's resting on mashed potatoes, it's, it's resting on this sand that holds no form and can promise no security. And we've seen it. We've seen it in the church, we've seen it with church leaders. It falls apart. And when it does, it comes crashing down. And it hurts. It hurts a lot. And then at the gem of, of really at the end of what Jesus had to say, we find what I think is a little bit of a finger point. Uh, potentially where a lot of these fake foundations, where a lot of this sand actually comes from. Because he says when he was done teaching, that what he was doing was teaching very much unlike their teachers of the religious law of the day. And a lot of what Jesus taught was it was in contrast to the religious people of the day. And what it's really pointing to is like, honestly, some of these fake foundations, some of this sand, comes from the church. It comes from us because we want to create whatever we can just to make it okay, to create our own ideas of what we should build life on. But if we truly want a faith that is not like walking a tightrope, it's not like walking a slack line, then we're going to have to learn how to dig through that nonsense. To dig through the sand to actually get to the bedrock that Jesus is talking about. Now, how many of you here have ever been to a beach and tried to dig as deep a hole as you can in sand? Okay, not bad, not bad. Now, there's many different reasons for digging a big pit in sand at the beach. Maybe it's because you want to a private wading pool, like the water rushes in and fills it. It might also be because you want to bury your youngest brother in the sand because it's annoying. Even though he's not really annoying, he's actually just really funny, but the rest of the brothers don't appreciate his value of comedy. Any younger brothers in the room? There you go. Much more of the first experience, because younger brothers get up later and come
it was a second experience. Now, whatever we dig it for, if you've ever dug that one, you've seen that dug, the thing about digging a hole in the sand is, you never dig it once. When you start digging, you dig and you dig and you dig, and then the sides fall in, and you have to get out that sand that fell in, and you dig and you dig and you dig, and then some numbskull comes in, it's usually an older brother, and pushes the rest of the sand in, and then you've got to dig and dig and dig it again. And that nature of digging down into the sand is very much what it is like, very much the threat we face when we choose the foundation that we rest all of our faith on. The very real threat to every single one of us, no matter how we start, will be that there is constantly sand looking to pour into your foundation. So many opportunities for us to create other things to put our trust and our value and our worth and our identity into. The sand of man-made religion and ritual. That as long as I do A, B, C, and D, I'm good, I'm clear, I'm clean, checkbox is checked. I'm in God's favor. The sand of self-earned grace. That if I'm just good, that if I'm better, that if I make myself valuable to God, I will earn His favor. The sand of circumstances. As long as this keeps going the way I think it should, as long as God keeps checking the boxes of what I think He should provide for me, give me the wife, give me the raise, give me the job, give me the food, give me the house, then we're good. Or the sand of arrogance. That as long as I'm doing better than them, as long as I am not doing as bad as that, as long as our church is more successful than, well then obviously that's a sign, isn't it, that we are so very spiritually mature, so very spiritually sound. Paul preaches, not for giggles. Jesus teaches, not for fun. And God doesn't concern himself with this issue because it's not an issue. What they try and do is try and help us highlight for the church then and the church now that when it comes to laying a foundation that you don't want to fall from underneath you, so your whole life comes crashing down, there's only one place you can go. There's only one thing you can trust in. And so with our time, as we kind of wrap up our conversation at the back end here, I want to take you to one of those places that I believe is this foundation, that is this anchor. It's something that we can trust in, rest on, rely on, build on. And this might be you coming from a place where your faith has fallen enough times that you're sick and tired of building on sand. It might be that hardship is just around the corner or you're in it right now and you need to know what you truly need to believe in. That is why we get what is most important. I want to read for you a large chunk of the Bible. It's going to be Romans chapter 8. I want you to do something. If you have a Bible... Open it up, and I want you to go to Romans 8. If you have a Bible, like a physical one, or get an app and download a digital one. If you don't have a Bible, you understand that there's our welcome station. There's one for a free gift just for you for being here with us today. Because we're going to do something with Romans 8 today that maybe you've never done before. But we're going to do something to make sure that we actually get to the bedrock and foundation of what's valuable. So I want to read this out for you, and I want you to track along with me of what is said is actually important for us to know when it comes to what we trust in. Paul said in Romans 8, What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. 
For Christ Jesus died for us, was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us? If we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted, go hungry or destitute, or in danger or threatened with death? No. Despite all of these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today or worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above and the earth below, indeed nothing in all of creation is able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That's solidity. That's firm. That's bedrock. That's something that nobody can come against. That's something that cannot be eroded. It cannot be accused. It cannot be condemned. That is something that no matter the difficulties, calamities, and hardships, the lack of health, finances, or family that you have can erode. No matter your fears, no matter your worries, no matter the past, the present, or the future, that moment right there where God decided to reveal himself through Jesus was the moment we could always look to. The moment we could always look to and say that was the point where he declared my identity, my purpose, my value, my worth, and nothing can touch it. Nothing can shake it. Nothing can move it. Jesus was the moment in history where God put all of his cards on the table and said, this is what I think of you. This is how much I love you. And so we will never find any other foundation worth resting upon. There is nothing in your spiritual life, nothing in your work life, nothing in your family life that could ever give you the value you have that God revealed in Jesus. And that is the greatest challenge we have, is to consistently dig and dig and dig and make sure that Jesus stays the foundation. To get him there and then to keep him there, to continue to push aside the sand that others might want to throw in, that you might feel like you want to build upon. The sand of a ritual or a religion that you hold to, that that's what's going to save you. The sand of earning it so that you can prove to him how good you are. The sand of circumstances and prosperity. Or the sand of an arrogance that I'm just doing better than everyone, so I'm probably doing really good. These are the things that bring your faith crashing down. Because they stand up to nothing. But what Jesus came to offer was to come in and scoop out all of that nonsense. To bring the backhoe and just get all of that sand that has just been poured into your life and to show you there's something better at the bottom. There's something more solid than you've ever understood before when it comes to your faith. We don't have to keep slacklining and tightroping. And all of this is for everyone. No matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done, there's nothing else. There's nothing else for you to have to but to put your trust in Jesus. The fact that you know you've done wrong, that you know that you have been separated from him and that you know Jesus was enough to redeem, to rescue and to save. Our faith has always been about Jesus and it will always be about Jesus. When we seek to make a secure faith, something that will not fall apart, it is striving and fighting to make that 
the foundation of it all. Because what Paul said was, we can't lay any other foundation than what we already have. The only one is Jesus Christ. And that should bring relief. That should disbound and dispel great fears and worries and concerns. Because this is the good news. That it no longer has to be sought after. It no longer has to be super understood. It no longer has to be something that you attain. It is something that is offered. And all that we are led to do then is to fight against the things that might take its place. To work into our lives at Jesus' foundation. That very much becomes the next step. Any step we want to take to build something more secure is to lay a Jesus foundation, is to make Jesus actually structural to your life. Not an add-on, not the roof, not an insurance policy, but the very thing that you put everything else on top of. What it means is to listen to what he has to say and then to follow. What it means is letting the Holy Spirit realign your heart to his. What it means is when you look at God and ask how much he loves you, you look to Jesus and the gift that was given for your life. Here's what I want you to do. It's a very practical step to take this week. It doesn't matter whether you're a believer or not, that you want this or not. I want you to do something nonetheless. Hopefully when you walked in, you were given a program and then a blank piece of paper. Blank pieces of paper look like this. I feel like I needed to give you an example. I want you to take Romans 8, 31 through 39. This week, today, this afternoon, if you forget from like me, and I want you to read it. Romans 30, 8, 31 through 39. I want you to read it, and then I want you to write it out. I want you to read it, and then I want you to write it, and then I want you to mark it up, and I want you to highlight it, and I want you to annotate it, and I want you to put notes on it, because I believe this is an anchor point for our faith that brings us back to the foundation. I want you to read it, I want you to write it, and then I want you to look through it and say, what does this tell me about God? What does this tell me about me? What does it tell me about my relationship to Him? Where's my value? Where's my identity? Where's my worth? Because it's so very easy for sand to slip in. If you find yourself at that point today where you really want to have a bit more of a conversation with someone about your spiritual journey, about what we're talking about today, we really want to encourage that. That's what the church exists for, is to help people take steps in their spiritual journey. There's a couple of ways you can do that. The first is you can find one of our connection cards spread throughout the facility, uh, kind of where there's a red box or the welcome station. And if it's a case of you don't really know what we're talking about here, but you want to, or maybe you want to make Jesus the foundation of your faith, grab one of these cards for a name or contact detail, and maybe just something at the bottom about why you want to talk to someone, and someone from our team can be touched this week. But if God is working on you, like right now, talking to you about maybe some other foundation that you've laid your faith on that's crumbling, or maybe something else is just making everything fall apart, then I encourage you to get encouragement. I encourage you to have someone pray with you. I'm going to welcome the music team to come on up, and they're going to lead us in a couple of songs of worship here at the end of our experience. And as they do that, and they, during the second song and at the end of the experience, our prayer team is going to be down front. The prayer team is here to be able to hear from you and to speak with you and to pray for you, whatever it might be that you need from God today, to be able to lay a foundation different from maybe one that you've been resting on. Because today this conversation was for those of us who are tired. We're tired of feeling like we build up our faith and it just falls apart again. 
We're tired of trying to put everything together and hold it up under our own strength and feeling like it's crumbling around us. Today is an opportunity for us to do things very differently. Today is an opportunity to go back to the very foundation of our faith and the value that we find in Jesus and Jesus alone. Let me hand you off to our music team. During this first hour, we're going to do something kind of cool. Um, we're going to take communion. And if you don't know what that is, is